Enjoy the show. We're doing it live. It's Narcos in Space. Pimp Will Robinson. His father is J. Jonah Jameson, and he wants pictures of Spider-Man on his desk now. They, they were glass cutters. That's what they were. <laughs> Shave on them. Honey, come here. Does it feel like just yesterday? It did feel like that yesterday. There's a little girl trying to love King Kong, and he's fine. He's- Are they going to allow fast travel? This is, of course, the Triforce Podcast. I am Matthew Burel, the Matt Man. To my right in the Perjanger box is Christopher Bristow, the old man. And, of course, Katarina Thermoscara, Cat Go Google. Hi, y'all. This is the 193rd podcast from Perjangers and Wallhangers Media Network, and we are the Triforce Podcast, the only podcast that lets you wait while we marinate and cook the nerdy news and geek culture. And of course, we start off the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Barbecue. Barbecue sauce. Put a little cheese on it. (laughs) Melted cheese. And of course, we start off the podcast every week with tonight. Casting Sandman, pint-sized Soldier Roland, Old Republic Rumor, Tesla's 10 teraflops and more on the Triforce podcast. And, of course, we want you to hop on over here to pjandwh.com. You're going to find all the funniest moments right up here at the top page of all of our podcasts. And, of course, you're going to find the the very funny Lugnuts podcast, Quantum State Tires, as well as Triforce podcast, Master Chief versus Superman. And uh, you're going to find all of the latest and greatest there. Contact the team. Find us on all social media handles, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. And, of course, we start off with the first story, which is Tomb Raider. Well, they're getting an anime series, and it's in development in Netflix. Tomb Tomb Raider anime series is in development in Netflix and will be set... Uh, after the events of Crystal Dynamics' most recent trilogy of games, Tasha Hyo, who is working on uh, working with Netflix on The Witcher, I'm very proud of you with that pronunciation. That Thank was you. beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. That that was that was very elegant, there, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, guys, stop it. Oh, thanks. But she's working with the Blood uh, the Witcher Blood Origin with the writer and executive producer. And uh, Legendary Entertainment is working with Netflix on Tomb she's Raider after Yeah, man. That's how good she is. Okay. Yeah. You can't run on thin air? No, I can't run on thin air. You can as long as you don't look down. I'm not a cartoon character. <laughs> well, have you tried? You mean that doesn't work in real life? <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I didn't go for that degree. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm running paint, on. I'm going to paint the 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 railway tunnel like Roadrunner and Miley Coyote. Stepping away from brake bills and back into the <laughs> Tomb Raider. <laughs> Thank you, Acme. <laughs> But um, Netflix on Tomb Raider after previously working on uh, with the streamer on the Lost in Space remake, which Legendary Entertainment, of course, did do that. If you haven't gotten the chance to watch that Lost in Space remake on Netflix, it is really good. They take it completely differently from like what you saw with uh, the movie. 
They're taking it a different direction. They're not lost in space. They're just at a truck stop. It's really great. <laughs> they're they're like lost, they're, but getting directions. They're trying someone's to, in the back with a hooker. They're trying to someone's avoid. Someone's getting blow. The other guy's just filling up gas. I mean, it's a total. I think we were. Watching. I don't even know why they called it Lost in Space. Wasn't, wasn't it should that be called the plot like synopsis for Spaceballs. I think yeah, we were watching. Yeah, uh, we were watching that, two that, different shows. That was oh, not okay. Lost in Space. That wasn't Lost in Space. That was not Lost in Space. Huh. No. I wonder what I was watching. I don't know, well, but Lost, Lost in, in Narcos. <laughs> Lost in Space with Legendary in Netflix was a really great show. And there was a lot of danger to young Will Robinson, which Child oh. Services will be investigating in the future. It's Narcos in Space. Pimp, pimp Will Robinson. <laughs> but it, it was also announced on Wednesday that Legendary is also working on a Skull Island anime. With Netflix. So we're getting King Kong as well. We're getting Lara Croft and King Kong in anime form. I think that it, with the Japanese flair to that, that could be really good. He fell through the environment. Nobody said they the graphics work would be great. On this, uh, they definitely got to work on it. She's falling through the environment. There is no environment. I think that's a mod or, I don't know, horrible, shitty concept gameplay to a game a tomb raider game that was never made that's actually nothing to do with the anime well it's total shit yeah so dj2 entertainment is also don't working be shy tell us how you really feel <laughs> that's all i got is also working on the tomb raider anime he's quite literally taking the unfinished product that he's witnessing that's right say, we're making this, this is anime. unfinished <laughs> you see it it's unfinished his judgment is in all his judgment does not ref reflect all the views <laughs> of the people in this podcast. That's so you think line. unfinished products are suddenly finished. Okay. <laughs> so it's uh, the Insert latest disclaimer here. in a long line of disclaimers <laughs> and a long line of video game adaptations for the company. Following the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, uh, they have a movie based on Sleeping Dogs in development, along with TV shows based on My Friend, My Friend Pedro, and Disco Elysium, Life is Strange, and more. So, as far as video game adaptations, I think it's... Do you think it's safe in the hands of Legendary Old Man, or do you think it's... Because we got a good Sonic the Hedgehog. They're obviously doing a second one. They redid Sonic to appease the fans, and it was a great movie. Yeah, we still, Connor and I, we still quote Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, whenever I want to cheer him up, I just say the one line, and he just laughs hysterically. Like, the movie's awesome. So yeah. because, because of past history, I will have faith that they will deliver a quality product. Because especially with the second one, we're getting tails. There's rumors of uh, Knuckles, and especially with Knuckles being uh, the Rock is what they're saying. I really think that legendary with video games, that's kind of sa in safe hands. Especially with Netflix, you have two people who wear the white gloves when they're touching the product, like it's a rare, delicate piece from you know the Civil War era, and they're like, "Oh no, look at this!" and they ref just make it something you never thought it would be. Well, they're they're emulating the characters that they draw. Yeah, I think I made it sound a little bit more eloquent. Yeah, you you went a little more glitzy. <laughs> That's the way it is. You know, you know, Billy Jean kind of ish. <laughs> now there's so no. So you did the Stephen King version, and he did the Cliff's Notes. 
Yes. Thank you, Kat. That's why. That's You're why. Welcome. Thank you for the C plus effort. <laughs> the Scarlet Witch to our Avengers, right there. Um, <laughs> there is no word yet if uh, Camilla Lund- uh, Luddington, who played Lara Croft in the reboot trilogy, is part of this project. The act- actress is currently starring in Grey's Anatomy. Holy shit, that is still on. Yep. I've never seen <laughs> really? it. What? I've never seen a How single episode. Still on? And I was shocked that it was still on. It's like on yep. season God 17 or something. Damn. Yeah, Holy she fuck. Has, uh, the the creator of that show just signed like a lucrative deal between Hulu and Netflix. To- what? To buy another mansion? I really is he upgrading to a planet? Syndication and people were just binge watching it over and over like yeah. they do. No, like the office oh, my God. And stuff. Nope. I thought that was a typo. I really, I was going to make fun of that. I thought that was a typo. That shit's really still on? Mm -hmm. Shit. All right. Well, I mean, that was a bit in in and of itself. But uh, she recently played Zatanna in the animated uh, Justice League Dark movie from 2017. You can tell where our core audience and views are. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, it's not Grey's Anatomy. It's like finding out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They've been making mash this whole time? What the hell? (laughs) How many years is that? Still? I got a lot of catching up to do. It's been on longer than Supernatural, I think, at this point. And the 2020 sequel, Apocalypse War, (laughs) to bring it back to the story and steer it back on the track, we'll go on to the next one. That was a nice segue. Thank you. Which is Robert Kirkman, the man himself, Invincible, uh, gets a release date and a clip. So, Invincible, I have gone through uh, 11 volumes of this comic. And this series, there's also another one below with no ads. Um, Really? Oh, shit. Anyway, uh, but... This series is going to be amazing, um, especially with the talent they have in here. Um, it's a, a completely different take on superheroes. So Amazon Prime Video has announced the release date for its upcoming adaptation of Robert Kirkman's Invincible, which will premiere on streamer on Friday, March 26, 2021. The announcement was made uh, by Kirkman during the live stream to celebrate the 18-year anniversary uh, anniversary of releasing Invincible number one from Image Comics. Invincible's eight-episode first season will air in a weekly format. One punch. The... Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> It'll air in a weekly format with the first uh, three We're episodes dropping on March 26th. With, uh, followed by the remaining chapters airing every Friday until the finale on April 30th, 2021. So, did J. Jonah Jameson get superpowers? Essentially. That's um, what he, he looks just like J. It is J.K. Simmons. It's J.K. Simmons' is Omni-Man. <laughs> and then you have uh, Mark Grayson is... Uh, it's Yen something, uh, John Yen or something like that. Uh, but Invincible centers around a 17-year-old Mark Grayson, who's just like every other guy his age, except 
his father is J. Jonah Jameson, and he wants pictures of Spider-Man on his desk now. I'm sorry, that's a typo. Selling, he's selling travelers' farmers' insurance, too. Um, dum, 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 dum. We are farmers. Bum, ba, dum, ba, 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 bum. And uh, I'm sorry, those were all cop. Uh, those were all that typos. That was a free ad. Yeah, those were all typos. That because... was a free sponsorship. <laughs> Those are all typos because he he was actually he's Omni Man, not not J. Jonah Jameson. He's Omni Man. Uh but in that case I'm not watching. <clears throat> but as Mark develops powers of his own, he discovers his father's legacy may not be as heroic as it seems. He may actually be a bit murdery. No. Yeah. Yeah. Murdery. A lot murdery, actually, entire uh, uh, as well as his old people, but because he could never a lot get like um, it's not as fucked up as the boys, but it's more Walking Dead Robert Kirkman style of a superhero satirical view of it, and it's fantastic. It hooked me in like crack when I was reading the comic book, and that is my full endorsement sponsorship. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Kirkman confirmed that not only would the live, not only are we getting this, but we're getting a live action adaptation film of Invincible as well. And he's not concerned as, you know, for the two stories to be like crossing streams and whatnot. So he's, he's positive. That this will actually be a good thing to have the animated series as well as the uh, live action series um, going forward. But it would also be a separate story from the animated series. Currently with Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg attached to the project set to be as part of a two-track plan, according to Kirkman, with the film series uh, running concurrently but not in the same universe. The animated series and the film were both set on Amazon Prime. Though it may seem a bit confusing at first, Kirkman isn't concerned about crossing the wires. The creator cited the multiple versions of Spider-Man existing at the same time as proof that audiences can handle various adaptations of the same story being told at the same time. Which smart. I have Mark to agree. said that he wished he had powers, but all he's getting at is holding doors for old ladies and twerking. Yes. And also banning me from the store. Yes. That's very true. He is but... watching the greatest movie ever by Adam Sandlerville. <laughs> so when asked about the Invincible film, the writer remarked that it is uh it's still very much in development that hasn't changed he said we're just taking a long time but i read through 11 volumes of invincible as well as a separate uh volume of invincible universe which are just the various different characters like robot uh rexplode at uh, uh adam eve and all the different kind of heroes that are going to be involved in this first season it's Really high up on my list there of the mo- the things I want to watch most in 2021. To where this series is going to be a comic, especially if you're into comic a- uh, adaptations. Like I'm recently starting to watch Utopia on Amazon Prime. Fantastic. Mm. And I think this is going to be Robert Kirkman. 
And then he's going to Robert Kirkman the shit out of that. He's just going to just Robert Kirkman all over your face. Did you watch both Utopias or? No, I just watched. I'm watching the Amazon Prime one. I saw there was a separate one and I was going to go through that as well. Um, So I am going through that. But with Invincible, I think this is just Robert Kirkman (laughs) at his finest here. Invincible meets Spider-Man, you know, a lot of different possibilities. You also see Savage Dragon since he's in. Image Comics, he pops up in the series as well as Spawn. There's a bunch of different like little tie-ins there, as well as it being its own series with a lot of memorable memorable characters. Um, John Walsh, why is she so banned? Banned again? Oh, that's because she disagreed with him. <laughs> that was back in Trump's America. We're in a scientific America now, so maybe yeah, it's, it's different. supposed to be unity. It's supposed to be unity this year, guys. That's the theme. <clears throat> Mark says, honestly decided, John, I'm a man of mystery. He is a man of mystery. Another man of mystery is the next story. Secret banning man. <laughs> banning man. <laughs> but the next story we have, Netflix's Sandman shows cast Dream and Lucifer what? Oh, that's exciting. Yes. So scroll down. We have pictures of all the characters. Hold here. on. Is that, that's, that's what's his face, Lannister? That's, that's Papa that's Lannister. Old man Lannister. And, Excuse me. It's Brother Numsey. Okay? And Brian of Tarth. <laughs> so first. Uh, I, 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 I want to know. <laughs> so our Brienne first. of Tarth. So our, no, Brian is in the, <laughs> is the proper pronunciation from the novels. Brian of Tarth. Is that the Kavit? That's the Kavit. <laughs> but, no, I I really appreciate... Uh... <laughs> so we broke him. No, I was looking at Kelly. He's commenting in the link. That's the beeping. Oh. Somebody talk to Kelly. Um, <laughs> somebody talk to Kelly, old man. Get Kelly in here. Because we're talking Sandman, but Tom Sturridge is Dream or Morpheus, which I think if you look so at... Wait a minute, you said the other name so eloquently, and then you stutter on this one? No, his name is Tom Sturridge. Yeah, that's not a stutter. That his... that time. You were like Sturridge. No, that's... <laughs> no, Sturridge, that's just his name. But if you look at his face, he does carry... He does. The same kind of cheekbone and structure of yeah. Morpheus to where I think that is perfect casting right it's there. It's beautiful. He's got that same kind of like yeah. kind of really sculpted narrow face. Exactly. Really, it looks great. He looks great. And so then far, I'm really on board with the casting. Yeah. And then Gwendolyn Christie, of course, yeah. she is Lucifer, which of course we see from the picture here that they're obviously gender swapping Lucifer for which that's Pretty much it. Besides that, I completely take her as Lucifer. We've always played Lucifer as male, but I, I, I like what they did with this and like with Constantine where they kind of made the archangels um, yeah. androgynous. Yes. I, I like that because Gwendolyn could make you question what either or and still be sexy as hell. So I'm yeah, down. She I'm has down that, that. She has that look about her, but she also has that kind of ominous uh, ominous presence to her. Yeah. If, if done right, right to where she could really kill as a Lucifer. And then we Very have. Very intimidating. She's great. 
Charles Dance as uh, Roderick Burgess, and he's part of one of the people, part of the story with Sandman is that Hellfire Club, back in the day, tries to summon uh, Death, but instead they get her brother Morpheus, and they trap him, they take all his shit, and uh, uh, Roderick Burgess here is one of the people in the Hellfire Club that, like, you know, take Brother Nemesis. Yeah, he's uh, obviously Papa Lannister. Really good role for him, but the the comic you can find it on uh, Unlimited on Comicsology. But it's a really good read through, especially because this is just one of Alan Moore's most famous. You know, uh, or not Alan Moore. Um, Neil, Neil Gaiman. Neil Gaiman. This is one of Neil Gaiman's most famous comic lines. It's one of his most iconic. He was one of the first ones that was actually on the bestseller chart with like novels and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and rated one of the top one hundred. That's all of the stuff that I see his name tied to with comics is just fantastic, and it's just oh my god, this is oh that's why Neil Gaiman's in there. Yeah, like Alan, like Alan Moore, he's one of those people that oh of course all right, Mark uh uh Mark Michael Bendis, uh he's one of the other people. As soon as you see they're tied to a comic, you're just, oh, all right. Well, that's why this is good. So with him tied to this and the amazing casting, because uh, you have, I don't even know how to say that name, uh, Vivian Ashampong. Oh, who's good? As uh, Lucy and the Librarian. Okay. One of, you know, the minions in the dreamland. And then we have this bad motherfucker, uh, Brody Holbrook, as the Corinthian. The Corinthian is like a psychopathic fucker that works for uh, Morpheus. His eyes are teeth. He has teeth for teeth. He's all teeth, man. Imagine brushing. How much brushing this guy has to do. I wonder if he. I wonder if he uses mouthwash on his eyes too. It tastes like burning. <laughs> like he has nothing but mouths. That's uh, he's a, a really sadistic character, but you know, kind of dental work are we looking at here? Is he getting fillings and you know caps and all that on the eyeballs too. For his, some reason, his dentist like when is very we first happy. started talking about this, I was fine. But the more you keep on talking about his teeth, I'm starting to feel kind of grossed out. Yeah. I'm really driving home on that because you should be disturbed when somebody has teeth for eyeballs. It didn't bother me before. I mean, <laughs> imagine, just imagine the time. Imagining the teeth now, having cavities now, really bugs you. Yeah. Now that I'm talking about, now we're talking about hygiene. <laughs> oh my god! A man. Whole new meaning. He has, he has stank eye, like literal stank eye. <laughs> <laughs> it's just go through toothpaste like nobody's business. Oh, oh God, he has it by the by the case. Oh, and can you imagine if he's got a rinse? His now stop that, stop that right now. Move on. We're Girl. going on to the next Girl. character, which is Asum Chundri as Abel, the first victim, and then we of course have uh, Sanjeev Baskar as Cain. So Cain and Abel. Big part in the comics. Um, there was also talk of a Constantine being in there because this is DC. Uh, I'm really excited about this, especially being Netflix. I think they, they're them modernizing this and, you know, 
uh, gender swapping and racial swapping and doing whatever they need to Netflix the fuck out of this is exactly why we're going to get a really great Sandman story. This, to me, calls into just casting the best person for the role, regardless of gender or, or race or, or anything, because these are all made up yeah. characters. We don't know. They, we're, they're not based <clears throat> on anything that we have concrete evidence of what they look like. So like, minus I, I'm a few. all for have at it. Go crazy. Minus a few of the cast, like, they're pretty much unnamed people. You don't know them from Bob. So right. this that's what's giving this... And on a new kind of like mis- mystery to it, to where you're right, like, oh, right, right. what is this? And also, yeah, while the casting information gives us a better idea of what Sandman will look like, fans have also gotten a pretty good description of what the story is going to be. Sandman is going to be a modern approach of the source material set in 2021. Thank God it wasn't 2020. That would have been a fucked up story in and of itself. And season one, consisting of 11 episodes, Gaiman previously revealed that uh, elements of the stories Dream a Little Dream of Me, A Hope in Hell, The Sound of Her, Wings, 24 Hours, and Collectors will be infused into season one, which has opened the front door for characters like Death and Constantine to appear in the series. Which we haven't seen much of Death in Marvel or in DC, but it's a prevalent character in both an actual physical you know being of a character so that's something that's exciting that we're going to see nerdy wise in there especially with this with netflix i think that it's going to have a lot of legs uh while fans may not be super familiar with the actors and the casting choices it's going to be a big departure from the comics and anything that we've seen so Sandman 2, we'll have to see when it drops. Netflix is not really keen on letting us know when it's going to happen. But another thing that may happen in the future is this next story. That was a good segue. Which is, of course, a live-action Harry Potter series is in development at HBO Max. I hear the heavy breathing, Katarina. (laughs) I hear it, and the Hollywood Reporter... Says that HBO Max is meeting with potential writers to bring Harry Potter to the streamer in some form. Per the Hollywood Reporter, have engaged in multiple conversations with potential writers exploring various ideas that would bring the beloved property to television. Sources say that broad ideas have been discussed as a part of the early stage exploratory meetings. So no set idea of where they're going to be. Do we honestly need this, though? You're sounding like a doubter and a hater, and (laughs) that is not what we're about in 2021, sir. We're about unity. Yeah, that's the theme for this year. Um, (laughs) I read, and I can't now remember um, what source it was. I apologize that they can't do anything with this until 2025 anyway due to... Um, trademark or branding or, or whatever copyright yeah. they may have. So so these are very, very early talks if it does come into fruition. Yeah. Now, part of me, the Harry Potter fan, um, would love to see this translated into a series because even though the movies were great for what they were, obviously a lot of things got left out and things yes. got changed, which, you know, you anyone who is a book fan that's seen it turned into a movie you know you, you're used to that you're used to losing something yes. you, to bring it to the big screen like we were so, just saying game of thrones same thing right so like when you take 
instead of taking these like this one book and trying to compress it into an hour and a half to two hour movie, you're able to stretch it out with like, say six or seven hours of content um, with, you know, hour long episodes for a season, you can do so much more and really flesh things out and kind of close some of those um, gaps that were in the movies just because of time constraints and what have you. But at the same time, you know, my personal feeling about this and it would be hard for me not to watch. And I really, don't feel good about supporting um putting my money into the pocket of of somebody who so strongly believes in something that i feel is is morally wrong so yeah i mean a lot of people are really struggling with the jk rowling's part of this and it's still unclear how involved she will be in this well involvement is one thing but she'll still profit from it just like she'll profit from any games or, or anything licensed Harry Potter, she's always going to see a back-end profit of it, whether she's personally involved in, in whatever the project is or isn't. Yeah. And, you know, there are people that can can th- that are okay with it. And, yeah, you know, they can departmentalize the whole Yeah, and, and, you know, like separate the, the, the product from, from the author and, you know, have at it. I just, like, that would be a struggle for me. I can't tell you that 100% I won't watch if it comes on TV. But I know that it won't be something that I feel good about or proud about. And I hate that. I hate I hate that yeah. I feel that way now. I mean, there so are plenty what, of places this series can go. You can you can actively watch it without actively searching for it. So if it, it just happens to show up on TV when you're over somebody else's house, you're not turning it on. Well, like now, if I if I do buy anything Harry Potter related, I usually buy it secondhand or, or I'll do like Etsy where, where that money is going directly into the artist's pocket as opposed to hers. And, and that's kind of my yeah. way of still, because I will always, always love Harry Potter for what it was. I will always be proud to be a Hufflepuff with what it stands for. Mm. But, you know, just like there are certain places that you don't go because you don't agree with where they put the money that you give them. So th- that's, that's what that is for me. Yeah. But no, I'm not judging anyone who, who feels differently. I'm just saying for, for me personally, it would be a struggle. I would, I would struggle with that. Well, I mean, it, it's very fickle because a lot of fans aren't really sure about it, especially with yeah. fantastic beast, not doing, uh, you know, so well. And, you know, in Wizarding World, not everything is gold. And uh, Nicolas Cage can attest to that. Uh, his shitty movie. <laughs> it actually wasn't that bad. The one with, oh, fuck. It was, uh, he was like a wizard in New York and shit. Sorcerer's Apprentice. Apprentice. Yes. I watched that the other day. They used that one song so much. Um, Secrets. Good. Who was that? Uh, that band that was hot for a hot second. You know who I'm talking about. Right? They yeah, play that song remember. about 16 times in that movie. Buddy Holly. No, um, who sings Radioactive? Dragons. Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. Imagine Dragons. Oh. Yeah, I think it was an Imagine Dragons song. Radioactive. Radioactive. Yeah, I know. Fuck you, 104.5. But Fantastic Beast has struggled to figure out its protagonist and purpose and simply existing in the wizarding world hasn't been strong enough to salvage a weak story. And that's what people are very scared of with this is a weak story. So especially when you're tying it to Harry Potter, you really have to worry about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Some nights. That's it. Something like that, yeah. It's called One Republic. Sorry, you can continue. 
<laughs> we will continue on to the next story, which is Kevin Feige. He teases a reoccurring multiverse theme, which, of course, during a recent interview with Rotten Tomatoes TV, Feige dropped a few hints about the studio's plans to further explore the multiverse concept. He seemingly He's confirmed that there was a pirate droid in the vicinity. <laughs> And then he stopped talking. Somebody shot it down. They jumped out the window. The building exploded. And then they continued the interview. That may not have actually happened. That might have actually been a typo. But he, he the studio's plans to further explore the multiverse concept. He seemingly confirmed that the multiverse would go on to serve a reemerging theme in the MCU timeline after the events of the upcoming sorry, Doctor that's Strange. That's going to be an amazing season. edit. Yes, it will. Um, with the upcoming Doctor Strange sequel scheduled to hit theaters on March 25th, 2022. The Doctor, uh, the title of the next Doctor Strange movie is Doctor Strange Into the Multiverse of Madness. So that is our biggest clue that, uh, that the movie will embrace the multiverse and the madness therein very directly. By teased without going into specifics, there are, uh, as we always like to do, connections before and after that, which will remain to be seen and discovered. So, the Easter eggs are in there. If you're smart enough to figure them out, you'll just look like a crazy person until it's actually proven. Mm-hmm. And Feige noted that Doctor Strange 2 will tackle the concept of the multiverse in a most direct way, though he also uh, didn't disregard its presence elsewhere in the MCU. While details remain scarce at this stage, it has already been confirmed that the sequel to uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch starring Blockbuster will have ties to WandaVision and Spider-Man 3. It was previously reported Doctor Strange 2, uh, Doctor Strange will appear in Spider-Man 3, uh, which is shaping up to be quite a star-studded event with Jamie Foxx back as Electro uh, for from The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, Alfred M- uh, Molina reportedly coming back as Dr. Octavius. And Zatanna was said in an interview talking about him, saying that he was the most pleasant man, he was amazing, and he was awesome. So obviously she has ties to him, and he is confirmed to be on set now. So we have Doc Ock, we have Electro, and the rumors also that Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire reprising the roles as Peter Parker, Spider-Man, as well as Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane. And with that, I mean, you have a bit of hope there with Spider-Man 3 after WandaVision, right, old man? Because you see, Wanda, if we go on this House of M where she's just this shattered individual and then phase four is her figuring out how to be this, you know, uh, you know, witch, scarlet, witch. you know, I think it's something that we could, it could be good if they just do it in their own way. Like they have done with the rest of the MCU as it was. I agree. I'm, I'm all for it too. Because reading through the, the the Scarlet Witch's, you know, comic line, it was, you know, somebody was messing with her head. She killed, you know, Scott Lang. She killed Hawkeye. 
Clint Barton. She killed Vision. She made Vision spit out like a bunch of different little mini Ultrons to fuck up everybody. And then killed all those people. Then did House of M, imprisoning them in a whole alternate reality to where mutants are on top like the Nazis. And, you know, the House of Magnus is ruling everybody. And then she's just like, oh, I'm sorry, that wasn't me. I was controlled by somebody. Oh, my gosh. I'm so embarrassed. Don't look at me. I didn't do it. <laughs> so I, I really want them to spin that in their way and make it really something memorable, you know, to where we're going to look back at WandaVision and like, oh, my God, this this Easter egg, we didn't see this at that time. That's what I'm really looking forward to this. And that's what this story tells us is where the devil really is in the details. They have the money. Um, they have the technology to really tell a good story. They just keep it up. So far, I'm 100% down with what they're doing. So I just want them to do more stuff with that, like, you know, screen from Mandalorian. I want the LED, you know, screen to be in every single thing with movie, film, <laughs> TV ever. Like, no more green screen. Just grab a LED screen and slap it on the wall. I mean, I'm... It's amazing what they can do. I know you watched it too, that one and a half hour yeah, messed up episode. <laughs> yeah. You gave us, the, how many did they give us the first season? Was it six? It was like six or something like that. And then the second season, they're like, season oh, we gave you episode. one. We gave you one episode. Fuck you, gallery. Yeah, yeah. You. They did pack a lot into that one episode, but I also think that they... They're not going to talk about the gigantic elephant in the fucking room, Mark Hamill. No, we're well, not going to show you how we did that. Uh, I think they should do a follow-up episode now that everything's out Yeah, with all the stuff that they left out the first time. Exactly. But, yeah, that, yeah they have the money. They yeah. have the technology. They, they can do a lot more things than they could even just a, a, a few years ago. So, yeah. please, 100%. push those limits. Go 100%. for it. Go plus ultra. Yes. Take it to an 11. Take it to the limit. to the copyright. I'm still thinking retro from after talking to Joe Palladino. But one thing that is very retro is the next story, which is Godzilla vs. King Kong. And they released a trailer. Godzilla vs. King Kong trailer has finally arrived. The upcoming film will feature the uh, battle of the two of cinema's most iconic monsters. Thor versus Thanos. No. Um, I know that. No. Why do they hide the sound? I don't know. Uh, Kong Skull Island and Godzilla King of Monsters, Godzilla vs. Uh, Kong is the long-awaited continuation of the legendary's Monsterverse. Reprising their roles for the film are Millie Bobby Brown and Kyle Chandler, Rebecca Hall, Exan- Exal- Ex- Alexander Skarsgård, Jesus Christ, and Brian, Tarzan. Brian Tyree Henry <laughs> round out the cast as newcomers of the franchise. Godzilla vs. King Kong is set to release both in theaters and on HBO Max on March 26th as part of Warner Brothers' simultaneous release strategy. That which looks we like about. it's going to be such a fun watch. Go down. There's but an actual trailer. Scene, 
There you that go. scene when he goes to hit him and the lightning hits it and it's glowing and it's coming down was very Thor versus Thanos to me. Yeah, and then uh, full screen then. Uh, we have we have Kong being drug in in chains, which, I mean, I guess you have to do. Legendary. You know what you're doing. Um, before showing off the scenes from the battle aboard the military aircraft carriers, the trailer positions Kong as a hero, Godzilla as a villain, with many characters concerned about Godzilla's destructive behavior because he was ne- neglected and not loved as a child. Godzilla's a lizard. They're well, abandoned. Has anybody tried to love him? <sighs> There's a little girl trying to love King Kong, and he's fine. He's King Kong civil. is far more charismatic than the lizard. That's, that's true. That's why he's the true. bad guy. Because look at him. He's fuzzy, and he's cuddly, and he'll make a plush toy that you're going to want to buy, aren't you? <laughs> Isn't, like, every Godzilla movie... They pissed him off by waking him up, and so he beats their ass and then goes. Back That's to sleep. why I can relate to Godzilla. <laughs> Goddamn people, come <laughs> on! <laughs> I mean, if you get me before I've had my coffee, we might be fighting too. That's what I'm saying. Pump a little caffeine in his veins. Maybe he's going to be a little bit less grumpy. You know, somebody with a Starbucks. They, if they don't tie this in with a Starbucks giving him a coffee or even like a Snickers bar commercial, I'm going to be upset. No Taco Bell though. They've already done that one. Sir, no, we have they, the Starbucks they, they injection. Trying to ask him a, a vente, or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was. We have the vente no. injection. But it's just like make it a really complicated drink. Like I got your triple foam, <laughs> like vente triple foam caffa macchiata. I got you the yeah. Here exactly. you go with soy milk and extra sprinkles. Because <laughs> he has a diet to think about. <laughs> the sprinkles are be- is because it's his cheat day. Because he's on keto. Brownie. <laughs> he's, a, he's on keto. That's why. The trailer, the trailer itself shows off three battle sequences. The one aboard a military aircraft carrier. No wonder he's so grumpy. One <laughs> seemingly set in the past Kong, uh, featuring Kong and what looks to be a final What's battle. Kong? Oh, oh, there it is. There it is. There it is. Whoever's like... Thanos. Bam. He went for the headshot. Scrolling down doesn't get rid of that sound. <laughs> Scrolling down doesn't get rid of the sound at all. Um, yeah, I don't know what that is. No, I don't. I don't know I don't what that is. John Walsh, I'm 100% in agreement with your wife. I think you should write a tweet to Stephen King and get that rolling. There you go. Um, but <clears throat> we see a bunch of different. Fo- this is pretty much you want to see fighting between a gigantic monkey and a gigantic lizard. That's why you're watching it. Oh, yeah. You're not watching it for a Stranger Things girl, Millie Bobby Brown, who made Weezer no. do that Africa song. We're not we're not in it for that. We're in it for a lizard and an ape beating the shit out of each other. And I'm also so used to her voice as Eleven that when I hear her natural speaking yeah. voice, it just seems really discordant to me. I can't do it. It's kind of like the same thing with Christian Bale. Yes, I was just, yeah. get out of my head! God. But for me, I heard Christian Bale's voice first when he was a child in Empire Under the Sun. So him doing an American accent always seems very foreign to to me. Yeah, Margot Robbie. I get it. Margot Robbie is another one because she's Australian. Is she? Yes, she is Australian. All right. 
You, you got to be careful between Australian and New Zealand. They get very pissed off if you confuse the two. Yeah. I mean, you get angry state by state, so I don't blame them. It's like Puerto Ricans and Mexicans. You can't confuse the two. You have to fucking know. Don't. You can't. Don't. Do <laughs> don't. They may intermingle. Yeah, but that's that the thing. It. Don't. Yeah, just I mean, don't try. Just say hi. Yeah. Ha. Or hola. Yes. <laughs> hola safe. Hola safe. Just don't don't try to Don't say anything else. Go any deeper than that. One thing you may not also want to say is the next story because of course we have Oh, I thought you were going to say Home Depot. No. <laughs> they sell bonsai soil at the Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> so, we have a I'm not going to tell Espanol, yeah. por favor. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. Someday. That will be on a podcast. But we have a short story. <laughs> Borderlands movie cast Kevin Hart as Soldier Rolland. Comedian Kevin. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. I'm here all week. It shouldn't be that funny, but it is. Why? <laughs> it's not going to be a short story if you keep laughing. In your head. That's why it's so funny. What you talk about? <laughs> uh, comedian Kevin Hart will probably appreciate that. Uh, officially signs on as to star as the soldier Roland in Eli Roth's adaptation of the popular video game Borderlands. Roland was a playable soldier class character in the original Borderlands released in 2009. I can't believe it was that long ago. All the way yes. back then. Okay. So yeah. I've never played Borderlands. Is that guy short? No, he's not short at all. He's more. He's stocky. 12 feet tall. <laughs> no, he's like a normal person height. He's probably like, I don't know, like, like five, now, 10, now if, five, kinda, something like to, that to kind of get the disparity. If they get Dwayne, the rock Jackson as brick, that would be a perfect casting. Yes. Because, because all right. All right. Yeah. If you're adding Dwayne in there, all right. All right. Maybe that could work out. But, I mean, it's just one other game that they make a movie. Now, the game was okay. a huge hit. Why don't they put Kevin Hart as Brick and then, like, Danny DeVito as Soldier Rolden? God, because the casting They'd for everyone else size. would very be limited. It would be like a BBC show where you'd see the same four Everybody people. else casting would have to be children. You'd see Danny DeVito and a bunch in of kids. Rooms is like, oh, um, oh, what's the matter, Sebastian? I'm arranging matches. There's a scale problem to that, I would say, Kat. There's a big scale problem to that. Is there, though? It sounds like a fun problem to me. <laughs> Borderlands Mini <laughs> with no, Danny like, DeVito. Because you know, if, if you had every everything's cast as British, but it would be cast as British in 70s television British. So what so you're saying like, is they'd need a shorter budget. Yes. And a bunch of, uh, what is it, Cockney? And Benny Hill music. Yeah. So the game was a huge hit and spawned three more first-person shooter games as an interactive uh, and an interactive graphic spinoff called Tales from the Borderlands, which is really great. Roland appears as an NPC in Borderlands 2 as well as Borderlands, the pre-sequel. He is a, a large, serious character in the game and fond of using weapons as his primary weapons. 
it's good to use weapons as your primary weapons. So, Katarina, okay. just give you that kind of clarity. Um, that Steve Hayo is from Borderlands. Hayo! Hayo! It's one of those things, like, I may have never watched the show, but I know it because of all the memes. <laughs> now, Eli Roth <laughs> of Cabin Fever, Hostel, Green Inferno, I have to imagine this is right up, a lo- uh, right up his alley for an adaptation. You know, as even video game, Borderlands is, I would see that as along the lines of those films, if you do it right, because the adaptation will reportedly be R-rated and in line with the game's uh, manic and foul-mouthed approach, Craig Manzin, Chernobyl, tackles the script, which will take inspiration from the game series, but is said to be a loose adaptation rather than a direct copy of the game's storylines, which I think is the best way they could go about that. Yes, because the whole build-up to Borderlands 1 was like, oh, the vault is an alien and you have to beat it. Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) John Wall says, I can't support anything Borderlands after Pitchford screwed over Aliens fans with uh, Colonial Marines. What does the Silver Bullet Band think? Can he ask them? Does he speak <laughs> for the whole Silver Bullet Band? Yes. Or is it just Joe Walsh? <laughs> That's the real question we need to ask John Walsh. So, John Walsh, get on the horn to Joe Walsh and let us know what him and the Silver Bullet Band think about Borderlands. He doesn't have time. He's hunting America's most wanted. Oh, okay. He's busy. He's busy. He's busy. Okay. Tonight on America's Most Wanted, we have Roland and his pint-sized claptrap. Who do you get for claptrap? Because we have Kate Blanchett as uh, the actual guy, the thief. Get the get the voice actor because he was that was just a perfect casting for that. You have to. Because like, you got a Boca Ton that shit, right? You got a yeah, Boca Ton well, that shit. I mean, shit. you're going to CGI claptrap anyway. It's, like, yeah. it's not like you're going to have another. That voice is that so much. iconic, though. You know what I mean? Plus, plus, I mean, you saw when I was playing um, um, Poker Night at the Inventory and how they were like, how he was <laughs> a player that you had to play against. Uh, it was Texas amazing. That, yeah, that, it was that amazing. Was hilarious. Yeah, with Claptrap in that? You would oh, enjoy yeah. that game. It was a, it's a game where you just play Texas Hold'em with four other uh, comic book and game characters. Yeah. Isn't that the YouTube video that I watched? Um, no, that's a different one. Oh, okay. There's multiple. Believe me. Especially. Yeah, I think it's free. Okay. But you will find multiple of a lot of great things in this nest next segment. A great many things. Because it's Game of DVD Exchange over at 23 East State Street, Media PA. You're going to go over there and talk to Mark, and you're going to walk in the store, and he's going to say, Broski. And then he's going to tell you his conspiracy theory that Chris is secretly growing his hair back. I know it. And that, of course, Kelly and I are twins. And as much as you protest, he will still say, Katarina is banned from my store. But he does have the $5 wall to where everything's $5. He has a bunch of great stuff in retro video games as well as the latest stuff you're going to want, including you're going to want to ask him for a PS5. 
or yeah, even an he Xbox. Said, uh, Series mine X. was in an empty box in the back. Yeah. And then he proceeded to close the door on me. Yes. <laughs> That's where you wait for him out back by the car. Say, where's the box? See, and none of these people have been banned from his store, but I. Yeah. Ooh, I don't Katarina even remember what is banned from my store. I don't even yeah. remember what caused it. But... I don't either. That just <laughs> makes it funnier because he just says broski all the time. But you'll hop on over there and you might even in the future see this next story, which is, of course, Evil Genius 2. Do you want to take over the world? Well, <laughs> it's going to be easy with this game. No capital rating involved. If you've been dis- uh, been desperate to take over the world on mm-hmm. your own terms, Rebellion Games has you covered. In Ooh, fact, good. world domination just so happens to be the name of the game. Literally. Evil Genius 2 world. With lots of trumpets. Uh, Evil Genius 2. If you've played the game, you know that sound and you love that sound. You do. That's the greatest sound ever. Get that on for the thing. Puts you in the shoes of one of four mega uh, maniacal masterminds as you build up to your, uh, your evil lair, train your minions, stop unwanted intruders, and even take over uh, the oh, world. I love the world map. <laughs> With the help of your Doomsday device. Today, Rebellion Games lets us know that you can start taking over the world March 30th. And uh, when uh, when we'll be able to chart our path to snatch control of the powers of Earth that be. So, uh, World Domination lets you select from four different playable characters. Max, a narcissist, well-rounded playstyle. Ivan, a a muscle-bound madman. Emma, a master manipulator and former spy. Zalak, a a science-heavy zealot based on uh, on characters of your choose. So let me try that again. Based on the characters you choose, your options, play (laughs) styles, and even story change. If that's not enough customization, you can also choose from three island locations on which the uh, you build your supervillain headquarters each island feature its own gameplay challenges old man have you actually checked out um evil genius oh i thought you meant check out mentally oh, i do that every day um i have the cd upstairs I um as far as over. evil genius no i just haven't had time to check out any pc gaming lately just because of everything personally going on it's on the steam I bought it again. Um, I, I appreciate it. I, I, I thank you for your free contribution. But once you get down to brass tacks and start building your lair, vast up, uh, vastly updated controls allow you to build multiple floored layers with ease. If you're worried about do-gooder spies from forces of justice infiltrating your lair, uh, new, you don't worry. You have new rooms, henchmen, traps, and more to be placed. However... You see fit. Of course, you can't dominate the world if your entire operation is contained to one island. You can send henchmen and minions to missions across the globe to gain influence, control different regions, uh, completing various schemes, heists, and even expanding your criminal network and stealing valuable loot. Part of the fun is that you'll be building your lair... And then randomly, 
a spy will just be trying to walk in and steal all your shit. And you place these traps like, you know, the traps were the best part. Oh, yeah. Because they never freaking worked. Ever. They never, (laughs) ever worked. It was it was great fun. Yeah, and you you were doing missions, taking over the world. It was so fantastic, but the thing I like about it is that you can pick Ivan. You can pick any of the different, you know, masterminds here. You're going to have a different experience, and then all of the three different islands you can pick from, that's going to be completely different situations. So the number of choices alone with this game, you know, and they're probably going to drop it at, like, what, like 30, 40 bucks? That's immense replayability in value for your purchase. All for just trying to take over the world. And you don't even got to leave your house. It looks way more detailed. When has world domination ever been so easy? I dare you to pick a time. I'll wait. In the brain. They never did it. You can actually do it. You can actually be successful in this one. (laughs) You can be successful March 30th as it launches on PC as uh, part of the Via Steam Network, if you've ever heard of that. What about Destroy All Humans? That's already up there. Uh, It's not as good as this game. Because this game was just like, you know, a a hospital tycoon on crack. You know? This was amazing. And now that you have multiple levels in a mountain island you know it's just adding a whole bunch of stuff in it but the next story is another game that's going to be releasing which we have been following very closely kind of by a far distance uh biomutant gets a may release date as well a trailer below biomutant is coming to playstation 4 products not yet rated and I it's left all of the sound on when I was doing this because <laughs> I deleted the file after I wrote all the news and then I had to find all the fucking stories again. So it's coming May 25th this year. Finally, we have a date for the third person mutant masher where you get to play as a gene splicing martial arts master in this open world action RPG. Over the course of your adventure, you can unlock all kinds of transversal and combat options as you explore, craft new gear, and more. One interesting note about this news is that there is no mention of current gen, PlayStation 5, or Xbox Series X slash S versions, but that doesn't mean they won't be available. Biomutant, you can recode your genes to create your own playstyle, exploring combinations of melee, ranged, and abilities. You can also find Wung Fu masters across the land that can teach you new skills. DNA can, uh, can give you new forms to deal with combat scenarios, like tapping into the power of the turtle as m- for more defensive approach, as you keep pushing against the edges of your world, you may find areas that are too dangerous or hostile to explore. A multitude of fast travel or alternative travel options abound, allowing you to take to the sky or the sea to achieve your goals. Perks and unlocks have uh, can help you deal with this. Like if you come up against a zone filled with poison <laughs> gas, you can use a gas mask and travel safely within its borders. We'll be 
checking this out May 25th. What I like about this is that you're just gene splicing your character with different animals to get different attributes that you want. It's where we're going. Even though he's using a little fish hook as a weapon. You know, he's a cute little mouse, just doing his little mouse thing, killing people. <laughs> he's got his little mouse order with his little razor blade. There's one weapon when you go through here that has like a, it's like a, a fucking toothbrush. So it's very much like a weird look at like an apocalyptic. We're already long gone. And these little mammals have created like their own society. To be honest. Yeah, they got a nice society going on. They got guns, you know, jetpacks, obviously tribalism and, you know, all that stuff. So they're doing their thing, you know, doing what they can. You got rockets and shit, obviously. No polio in sight. Not that you could really spot that in a game, but, you know. There's a lot of different things to do to where a lot of people were... This is one of the games to where they were wondering if it was ever going to be released because they kept pushing back and delaying it. But once again, after Cyberpunk, I think a lot of people's attitudes really changed on delays because here you have air blimps. You have a lot of different stuff no, in A this. lot of people have short-term memory, dude. You know that. I know. But after About Cyberpunk. two weeks, they forget. But Biomutant, we haven't heard anything from this since, like, you know, early 2020. Been over a year since we've heard anything from this game, and now we're finally getting a release date on it. They've been talking sparsely about it. You know, they've keep kept this one close to the vest, but even from this trailer here that was released last year, I I still see a lot of promise in this game and a lot of things that I like about it. Especially if you have a deep crafting mechanic, you know, skills and all that. There's a lot of stuff that you could really pull from this, especially once this isn't even next-gen graphics. This is just current-gen that we're seeing, and alpha at that. So if they put the time that they've kept quiet in on refining and polishing, this is going to be a very impressive game, and a lot like, you know, Cyberpunk had a, a rocky launch. Marvel's Avengers didn't. That was still a very good-looking game when it came out. So it really comes down to the content, to where you kind of have that um, dead, uh, I want to say dead island kind of crafting mechanic here, to where you're making different kind of things, you know, and then fighting with it, obviously a little hand. That's awesome. A little steampunk mechanical hand, a bubble. Like, come on. How are you gonna blow bubbles with your kids ever the same ever again? Like uh, Ratchet and Clank in there. Yes, absolutely. Like Ratchet and Clank. That's the perfect fucking metaphor. But once again, great looking environment, great looking game. A lot of different, you know, diverse characters in there. I think that this one's gonna have a lot of legs. So we'll have to see where it goes in the future. It's definitely unique. It's definitely worth the play. Absolutely. Yeah. It looks great. The customization alone is worth it. Oh, yeah. And then all the different kinds of characters. You have big boss characters. This one I like because you have the... They're underwater, and you have this aquatic kind of squid submersible, and he's still shooting off little pew-pews into his mouth. I don't know. They may be little bits of kibble. I don't know. 
and then he just attaches to his face right here and attacks him. Join the new world order. You have a whole bunch of yeah, very Bane looking, <laughs> and you have mechs. You have a bunch of different kinds of play styles in this game as well, to where there's going to be a Dutch a bunch of different mechanics, not a bunch of Dutch mechanics. That looks like a fun guy. He's not a mushroom. Oh, fun oh. guy, not fun I guy. Uh, okay, okay. There. I got confused. Get yourself there. out. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but dinosaurs to, you know, little foxes, they have them all, and they're all adorable. But check out Biomutant when it launches on May 25th. The other thing we want to check out is, of course, this next story, which is Resident Evil 8. Described as open world, quote unquote, by Capcom. As spotted by Rely on Horror, the Steam database page for Resident Evil 8 has been updated to add sexual content and open world tags. Curious fans have proven Resident Evil leaker aesthetic gamer exactly what these tags could mean as Capcom has not given any indication that Resident Evil 8 is a true open world game and aesthetic gamers information is correct open world may not equate to what most people associate with the term it doesn't seem as though Resident Evil 8 will have a massive sprawling map like most open-world games. Aesthetic Gamer claims that the Resident Evil 8 development team describes the game as a Metroidvania title. That means that it's every area is connected in Resident Evil 8, with players needing to return to previous visited areas more often than other Resident Evil games. This kind of design is not really new to the franchise, though it has it doesn't sound too far off from the first Resident Evil game, which took place in the mansion with many connected areas. So while some fans may be turned off by this quote-unquote open-world moniker, it sounds like it'll actually be very faithful to the roots of Resident Evil, which, old man, I'm pretty sure you and Joe Walsh and the Silver Bullet Band are going to be very happy with the development of this connective you know, uh, environment, as it were. Um, Resident Evil as a whole is near and dear to uh, my, you know, growing up, because, like, the first one, the original one on PlayStation came out when I was a junior Shitty in high school. Shitty fucking controls. God, I hated the fucking controls Yeah, but in you know what? Game. I still beat the game in six hours, so that was an achievement for me. <laughs> With your pinky up? Yes. When in doubt, picky out, motherfucker. Because <laughs> that's how we show class. Exactly. Um, but then, yeah, like one, two, and then like when they, you know, when I didn't play three, you know, as much, but when they redid them on the GameCube, it, it just improved. Like the graphics controls were about the same. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I enjoy like the environment and, and the lore that you know resident evil carries so i'm I'm cautiously optimistic with this whole connective because not everything has to be connected it can have its own story yeah 
Now, while Resident Evil 8 release date is now not until May 7th, PlayStation 5 owners can get a taste of what to expect by checking out the Maiden demo that's currently available to download. Com- uh, Capcom, not Comcast, has said that a second demo is in the works. Well, no details have been revealed on that, though. And uh, Sean Ennis says, America. Of course he does. America, indeed. America is the next story, I'll tell you what, because it's a dream of a, of a younger time in America when the Knights of the Old Republic was still new. And a new Knights of the Old Republic is reportedly in development outside of EA and BioWare. According EA, I was happy that, that it was like outside of EA. BioWare, not so much, because like you got to stick with who brought you there. Now I understand why. Because you know, Bioware they're busy. They're Bioware both doing fucking. Bioware is doing fucking Indiana Jones, or no? That's a uh, Bethesda. That's Bethesda. Yeah. No, Bioware's got their own shit going on. They're trying to fix yeah, that, fucking I mean, Anthem got, right now. You know, and they got you know Dragon Age and Mass Effect. So, yeah. but well, like you know what? I, the original creators, no, man. No, I don't have time for that. Give it to somebody else. But maybe this means couple different things you know according to multiple sources including credited star wars insider bespin bulletin which states in a recent podcast that a new installment of the fan favorite rpg series is indeed in development at an unnamed game developer this is the first suggestion that it may be in development outside of the original creators bioware and ea until uh, which until recently was the only major company making Star Wars games. Obviously, we reported a couple weeks ago. They are not the only kid on the block now. Lucasfilms announced Thank that... God. You know, that this <laughs> announcement with uh, this month with that it would be licensing Star Wars games to other companies, including Ubisoft, as a part of a new game label. According to Bespin Bulletin and others, KOTAR is seemingly one of the titles that has been handed to the developer outside of EA. As well as citing its own sources, the insider also references recent comments by Bloomberg journalist Jason Schreier suggesting that the project related to KOTAR was in development somewhere unexpected it's about time that uh, you know i i think this really came from from uh disney saying um you know what ea suck it you obviously can't handle the load that i'm sending out giggity so let me give my load to other people it's really just i want to share my load is what Disney's saying. Is that what I'm picking up right there, Open? How how big is that download file? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> we held off an hour and 11 minutes, Kat. Okay? I am so proud. That so is proud. a record until the uh, formation, uh, you know, dick joke. I right? just hate to see the patch notes for that. <laughs> I just, I just kind of wish we could have held it to, like, forever <laughs> never um he says amongst my digging i heard the old uh, there's a knights of the old republic projects in development somewhere bespin bolton said i talked to a couple of people and i also found out jason schreier said that it's not with ea and will never guess who the studio is that's making the game 
on broader plans of the Star Wars game, the insider said he'll tell tell. He'd heard that a bounty hunter game and was being developed somewhere, and that an EA was working on a smaller Star Wars game. Atari. So not physicality, like probably just like oh, here's like you know Rogue, Rogue Squadron two. It's odd that they would put out an Atari game. It's been so Rebel Assault three. Yeah, all right, maybe. But my point is, is that with this, you know, we could get Kotar three. We could get, you know, a Kotar reboot. Shush. There we go. Mickey Mouse is running around in our walls and it's driving him out of his fucking mind. Um, I didn't hear <laughs> running through your walls. <laughs> so we'll have to see Speaking where this Disney. goes, though. But with, you know, a bounty hunter game, I think everybody wanted, uh, you know, 1313 to come out bounty hunter on coruscant if we could go back and revisit that idea and put that out i think that's kind of where disney is going where no i think that was a good idea maybe we can get that bounty hunter game again mandalorian of the old republic give me a different kind of bounty hunter choose your bounty hunter you know give me a character creator i'm a whatever kind of bounty hunter i want and i'm making my way through this galaxy well they're missing a huge huge like like slam dunk by with with the advent of mandalorian being as successful as it is why not explore into other you know other mandalores hunting to recover the beskar armor and make that like that is the premise but you get to go to all these little subplots. that's your gold is the beskar Yes. Kill a guy, drives Baskar. Everybody just happens to have a little Baskar coin on them, just like a fuck you to Mandalore. And then the end game could be like, you know, who would be the, you know, who would be the main one to hold the dark saber? You're setting up a very prejudiced world, sir. Sorry, <laughs> not sorry. The Mandalorian purge was a very serious ordeal. A lot of Mandalorians died. Another person who occasionally <laughs> shares information on an, an un, unannounced games, Nate Najata of Wushu Studios, corroborated the claims that a new Kotar game was in development. So a bunch of people are talking. We are getting this game. And it's honestly, it's very um, refreshing that we can still dive into that past. And especially with Star Wars, we know that you can do a lot of stuff in this new Disney universe and still hold true to keep everybody happy as well as doing something new and different. So that's what it's really all about. Unifying. Another story that's about unity is this next one. And balance. A new Tomb Raider will unify the reboot trilogy with the original games in all their 8-bit pyramid blocky tit glorious. I, I was going to ask if she was going to put Kleenex on her <laughs> With this, that's one of my favorite cosplays is the person yeah, who I does do. the Lara Croft and she just has the fucking square boobs. <laughs> it's the awesome. They, that's it. They were glass cutters. That's what they were. <laughs> Shave on them. Honey, come here. Because it feels like just yesterday. It did feel like that yesterday. 
That yeah, was look oddly at that, Look placed. at that standard definition. <laughs> so, with this being the 25th anniversary of Tomb Raider series, many fans naturally hoped Crystal Dynamics would have a major release planned for 2021. Based on the Tomb Raider Reloaded mobile game, bad news, it's not going to happen. Good news, Crystal Dynamics has stated that the next mainline entry will unify the rebooted trilogy with the original timeline of the games made by Core Design, the studio that originally created the series. So bring in the old in with the new. I haven't played all of the new. I've played, uh, I'm pretty sure I played all the old ones. Um, They were great and classic, you know, dungeon kind of, treasure indiana jones kind of style games yep and in a twitter video explaining crystal dynamics plans to celebrate the tomb raider series through 2021 the game director will Kerslake, uh briefly discussed that uh the studio intends to do with the series going forward and how future games will continue on from the recent trilogy said the trilogy concluded in 2018 with the shadow of the tomb raider we envision the future of Tomb Raider unfolding after these established adventures, telling the stories that build upon the breadth of both core design and Crystal Dynamics games, working to unify these timelines. The, so, re- the reboots of the series of when that first came out. Um, they were 20- good because they 20- took that RPG element to approach. it. It was a gritty approach and it was like it, it, humanized Lara Croft to let just like not just having a silver spoon in her mouth. Yes, it humanized her. It also it gave that RPG element, but it still had the puzzles like a yep. classic Tomb Raider game, which Shadow And it had know, the Shadow big of moments the of like Tomb Raider and just like and also the big moments of like God of War to yeah. where you saw those cinematic moments as you're yeah, you playing. Yeah, you had those action moments. You had yeah. like, those beats. Um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider became free on PlayStation Plus. Don't forget to download it if you're a member. There you go. But obviously, Tomb Raider is close to a lot of our hearts. And unifying the two, I think, would be cool. What if we got, like, a multiverse of Lara Crofts? You have the old Lara Croft and the new Lara Croft shooting tigers right along. One's shooting a pixelated tiger. The other one's shooting the real one. You know, One's throwing the other like the older Lara Croft at a dinosaur. <laughs> you know, slingshotting. You know, like that old Colossus Wolverine move, cannonball. One the pixelated Lara Croft's like hurling the other one at the other. I like that. It's a nice action shot. But I think that there's a lot of legs on this, especially if they're looking at unifying it. That could be like a different way of going forward with acknowledging where you've been and moving to something completely different and new and especially trilogy wise, you know, they're looking to expand and do something different. Somebody else who's looking to do something different is this next story. Of course, future overlord of Mars, Elon Musk has always against the grain. He's going against the grain again because Tesla's new Model S will apparently play Witcher 3 on a built-in 10 teraflop gaming rig. 10 teraflops. Let me put this in perspective for you. 
PlayStation and Xbox are roughly around what eleven to twelve teraflops. Uh, are they going to allow fast travel? <laughs> I don't think in mm-hmm. the car won't fast travel itself per se, but it will be in a, it, it, you'll be when you're in LA traffic, you'll be able to get through a good bit of The Witcher Three. I'll say that. So if you can't find a PlayStation 5 or an Xbox Series X, how about an $80,000 electric sports car with comparable performance? Tesla announced its refreshed Model S today, and a new Plaid uh, powertrain isn't its only performance enhancement. The company claims the car can now uh, compete with next-gen console gaming thanks to the 10-teraflop gaming computer that will apparently come with every new model. Assuming that uh, that refers to the GPU performance, the Tesla's isn't widely exaggerated, uh, which, of course, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, which offer 10.28 teraflops to 12 teraflops of raw GPU power, respectively. So they're not that far off. You can see the claims for yourself, the Tesla Model S website, through their little, uh, it's a little bit buried. You have to go onto the shop, scroll to interior, click to feature details. Tesla being... uh, Tesla's been bringing games into cars for a while now, both featuring the first level of Cuphead and car karaoke mode came to the company's game in uh, in car software later that year. Fallout Shelter has also been added to the cars last year. Elon also said that Cyberpunk 2077 will also be able to be played on the Model S probably before last-gen games. So, you can sit in your car, play Witcher 3, play Cyberpunk. You can play, honestly, if those are the benchmarks, you can play a lot of fucking games in your Model S. Granted, it's $80,000. The mining of the lithium-ion batteries alone are, you know, very, very hazardous to the environment. But, you know, you get your little rechargeable battery, and you can play your video games in there. It's like first world problems wrapped up in a nice little red little bow. Oh, so I'll I'll wait and and here's another one. You you fat fuck. You don't even have to do any effort. Hold your fucking hand on the wheel. It'll drive for you. That's multitasking, sir. (laughs) Don't play Witcher Three while you're driving your model. Yeah, because when when I can grind twenty hours worth of gameplay <laughs> in my car, sitting on the three hundred five while trying to write a Hollywood script, I, I can that. just imagine like a family road trip in the Bristow house. You're all in the Model S. Uh, how was the trip, Alyssa? Well, that's Daddy where, was that's playing. Where, that's where I mess with everybody's head and put Connor in the driving wheel and just put it to autonomous mode. Well, Daddy and Connor were playing Cyberpunk the whole trip <laughs> while watching One Punch and like. And also, picture that, picture. that Tesla also has Netflix. By the way, you can watch fucking Netflix on that fucker. Like you can do so much with those cars, Elon. I mean, we know you're watching, and we appreciate it. You can't say anything about the future master of Mars. Elon's not watching. Thank He's you, Overlord. Working. Thank you. 
Future Overlord of Mars would also probably appreciate the end segment that we have chosen for this podcast. We always end off this podcast with a thought experiment, which is meant to expand your minds and, uh, you know, upgrade you creatively. Which, of course, this week is what fictional character would you kill, marry, and be best friends with? So we'll start off with the kill. A fictional character you would kill off the top of my head, Theon Greyjoy. Ah! 100%. Fuck that motherfucker. (laughs) Chop his dick off, put it in his throat, mail him to his dad, and blow up the castle. Done. The Greyjoys, gone. That's a two for one right there. I like that one. They're just despicable people. That's a good one. That's a good one. So that's my kill. Cat, who are you killing? Well, as you know, in the chat, I had Jack Harkness for all three. Um, but <laughs> you technically can't kill him, though. I know, I know, not the face of Bo. Um, but you know, I would he want does to at times. Die at he would some be frustrating point. as hell. However, yes, you would want to kill him. Um, the taking that aside. Um, also, a side note. I think Doctor Who should be in every sci should the TARDIS at least should make a cameo in every sci-fi show ever. Yeah. Like digitize them in, I don't care. But anyway, um, moving on. My kill would be Tom Cruise as Wonder Woman. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sticking with that. <laughs> or just Tom Cruise. <laughs> just Tom Cruise as Wonder Woman. Like I, No ties to Scientology, just him dressed as Wonder Woman and pretending to be Wonder Woman. Dead. That'll do it dead old man where are you going for your kill ah man um that's a tough one that's a tough one for me i didn't really like think too much of it so seth roth i don't know whatever the antagonist (laughs) for final fantasy 6 was i don't know maybe that guy um i don't know domino's pizza guy daredevil (laughs) that you know Walk down the wrong Godzilla alley. Godzilla from the 2001 movie or whatever it was, 1990, whatever the Matt Broderick one. Yes. Godzilla. Oh God. Or everyone else in that movie. Everyone in that movie, yeah. <laughs> everyone but Godzilla. Can, can I just beats. can I can I just kill Imagine Dragons? <laughs> <laughs> now, if you're gonna kill one, kill one Republic because of that secret song. Yes, that one that Republic. Source, you could that, kill. Look, you could kill Imagine Dragons, but they'll just be radioactive. Radioactive. <laughs> they'll they'll live on forever. Um, All systems go. <laughs> that was my last line. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I would kill that prick that shut down the containment field in the original Ghostbusters. Yes! Hey, oh. the guy with no dick. It's oh, true. Yeah, good one too. This man has no dick. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is true. That and guy, he was in the guy. second one too. <laughs> yeah, man. That's a good fucking pull. Nice. He plays the nice. one movie. He was in the EPA. See? See? Respect. He was in the EPA. I can't remember his name. We just did a fucking spoiler alert on that, too. Uh, spoiler alert classics. Um, but, yeah, no, that's a great pull. Big Brother. That was beautiful. For the kill, I'm going to go with Cypher. Okay. Yeah. Um, Mary is the next one on the list. I got nothing. 
Uh, I'm going to go befriend. I'm going to think Cadwell. Oh, God, Cadwell from Fallout 4. I was going to say, no, from, uh, no, Cadwell from, uh, uh. Oh, from fucking, uh, Elder Scrolls Online. He's Cadwell, yes. I was also going to have him for kill, because he can get very annoying at times. All right, I'll allow the double, the, the kill and befriend for Cadwell, because he is right along that line of character to where you're like, Shut the fuck up! Like, ah, you Cadwell's come here. nice in very small doses. Besides when he got a little bit murdery. If you haven't played ESO, he's... Yeah, but no, Cadwell... Colorful. Yes, Cadwell, absolutely. So, oh, damn. for my... Uh, for my Mary... <sighs> damn, man. That's, that's a rough one, but I gotta go... I'm going to go, damn, that's a rough one. You know, someone told us earlier. So did you I'm going to go Black Widow. Okay. Scarlett Johansson sounds like a good pick. Just in general. I'm going to go Black Widow. Um, I'm going to interject here because our Iron Kelly has gone to the comments and said that he would kill Riptide from X-Men First Class. Because okay. he's completely pointless. Pointless, excuse me. <laughs> and right. for marrying, he says Tifa. She's hot and she's badass. Tifa, right. Tifa, is it Tifa? Tifa yeah, from Final Fantasy VII. Oh fuck, Kelly! God damn, fuck you, man. That's a great pick. <laughs> oh, Tifa was a great pick. Ah, oh, Tifa was a great pick. You know what, man? Also, what was the uh, oh, what was the chick from? Uh, Mass Effect 2. She worked for the corporation Which with one? Michael scientist Douglas. scientist woman? Yeah. The black-haired scientist Black-haired woman. scientist woman like, that worked with Michael Douglas' character. Not the blue hair, the blue... No, not the, no, 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 not not the blue one. Not Liara. No, the brunette. Her. Absolutely. Was there, was there a third one as well? There is a third Mass Effect. It was a practical fucking harem, all right? <laughs> the second Mass Effect was practically a harem. It was... You know, Alex Shepard and all the chicks soldier. he wants to have sex with. Yeah, that, that was it. Um, The Harem Adventures. Where are you going, old man? To the Harem Adventures. <laughs> that sounds this like a great podcast, place. Um, the old man goes to the Harem Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you whippersnappers. Um, Yuna, Final Fantasy X. Okay. Yeah, Yuna, I'll go with that. There's a lot of Final Fantasy going around here. The Japanese obviously doing characters right, I guess. I am not going to go that route because I've never played it. Mm-hmm. But I would marry, and this is a no judgment zone, gentlemen, uh, Kingpin. All right. Okay. I mean, you're Vincent D'Onofrio, Kingpin? I'm going to be, I'm gonna be Mrs. Wilson Fisk, yes. Which one? You'll be his Vanessa? Deno- yes, D'Onofrio. Yep. Honestly, D'Onofrio was a very a lot more elegant as a kingpin. Yeah. To where I think, like on your I, side, I, think I got a better pick. He would actually a be a really good guy. Like he'd probably be a really great husband. I agree, which is why I picked him. He's pro- <laughs> now, honestly, he really would be he a really great husband. You. Yeah, he'd, 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 you're you fucking know, wealthy. He, he Everything Vanessa, you ever wanted him, is like, laid out there. 
You're eating he, caviar? Vanessa, he found somebody, and this is just in this, you know, Netflix Daredevil universe yeah. where she was like, I know who you are. I know all sides of you, and I'm here for it. Just don't shut me out. We're in this together. And then, yeah. and they were both, both actors played that relationship so beautifully that even in the wedding when it got crashed it was like instinctual they turned and they they held each other's hand without looking at each other without having to you know what i mean yeah that was very i know that he's a bad guy but it's that that whole the, the dichotomy of that relationship was beautiful he was like her protector and she was his like you know he was the bad guy to everybody else he was the protector for her yeah, yeah and and she was what he needed to like the heart the the, Which... the quiet space that you, you know what i mean yeah. like Hundred percent. Now Which she was the same actor that played um, LL's mom. Yes. 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 In Man of Steel. Yes. Yeah. And, and just in her. that scene alone, just that little bit her. that she was in, she she blew it away. Yeah. She um, really did. She my really. My switch. Did. My switch pick would be uh, Emmy Rossum. Oh, she's cute. Okay. So best friend, I gotta say, best friend. I think I have the best friend ever. Deadpool. <laughs> he would be another one of my kill list. <laughs> yeah, but he would regenerate, so he, he could kill and be his I, best friend. But see, friend. that's like that's like the satisfying thing. Like you could get so effing frustrated with him that you're like, you know what? That's it, and like chop his head off, and then cool off. And a couple of days, he comes back, and, and he, he totally understands. On the <laughs> like, on the flip gets- side of that, nobody would fuck with you. Pretty much. You could you could do whatever the fuck you want. Deadpool, he's gonna be right there next to you. I mean, if anything, you would be almost you know the angel on his shoulder. Like I think me and Deadpool would have would a really know? good friendship. It would, would you be, really be the angel on his shoulder? It would look that we're not we're we're talking. We're not judging here. Anymore, all right, we we are not judging, and we're talking hypothetical. My intentions are me and Deadpool are gonna be like. We'll sit and talk about my best friend. <laughs> do, 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 do. And me and him. I can see that whole adventures. montage right now. <laughs> yeah. That would be it. It's just me and Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool, just <laughs> hopping through, murking people, making money, talking to Avengers. That is my best friend right there. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I think that's just a wholesome pick. I think that's what America needs. It's so funny that you that you say Deadpool is the wholesome pick. <laughs> <laughs> what I think of when I think of wholesome Deadpool. Like this. You know, I mean, yeah, he's a little bit mentally disturbed. And by a little <laughs> bit, I mean a lot. Hey, hey, we're not mental health shaming here. Exactly. That's I'm a why. mental health professional. That's why I think me and Deadpool, we could be best friends. I got a mental health professional as a brother. And boom, me, him, and Deadpool, done. I don't Dunsky's think he's going to take his medication. Uh, I, I no. would just wait for. De- I, I would just wait for your Always best friend Deadpool to call. The accelerated healing is would, probably going to counteract his medication, though. I just see your brother standing there I got watching a doctor, you interact, totally and then just kind of looking down and shaking his head and being like, "For fuck's sake!" <laughs> that's yes. That's exactly how that would While go. Doing the podcast. <laughs> Me and Deadpool um, sitting eating chimichangas. <laughs> I don't see any downsides. I, I'm, I'm here for it. That's a great choice. And especially Domino stopping by. Pfft, nothing but luck happening then. Come on. I mean, Cable. Pfft, tr- free trip to the future. Absolutely. You know, best friend benefits. I'd be like Bob. 
except more loved. Because he did have, like, a sidekick And without Bob. the Hydra title? Yeah, besides that. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't be with Hydra. It would just be, like, you know, Perjangers and Wallhangers Matt Man, and he'd just hop in and hang out with me. He'd be, like, Parachute Guy, but survive. Ryan Reynolds, call me. <laughs> he's not going to call. I don't think he's going to He's not going to call. He and Elon Musk will at the same time, and you'll have to we're gonna We're going to FaceTime. <laughs> All of us are going to FaceTime. Me, Ryan Reynolds, and Elon Musk. It's the we're Deadpool gonna have a Musk show. <laughs> you know what? Those are my picks. Elon Musk and Deadpool. Those are my best friends. There you go. What about you, <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, my best friend? I mean... Everybody should know the answer to this already. Yeah. It would be Captain Diana. Jack. Oh, well, yeah. Captain Jack and Diana, if you're going for two. No, yeah, no. It, that's why Jack Harkness for all three, I think, still fits. However, it does. I also but think that it's just. Diana fits for your best friend. Diana would definitely be my best friend. Lasso a She would not like, approve of my mm-mm. marriage, but she would totally be my best friend. Oh, she would be right there with you, though. She'd be like, ah, oh, whatever. You need the lasso of truth? You can borrow it. <laughs> you need to get shit done. You can just borrow the lasso of truth. It's, it's yeah, cool. Oh we're God. bitches. We're, we're fine. Like, here, take it. <laughs> <laughs> Who taught you that word, Diana? I don't know. It was probably one of your kids. I don't know. It, we're, not, we're not pointing fingers. She'd be like, squad up. <laughs> Regulators, well, thanks for watching, kids. Diana Squad. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine she you said... come home and they're doing like Olympic drills, and then <laughs> <laughs> I think you would find a lot more dangerous shit, like a lot more. Let me tell you, swinging my blades kids... and your kids hopping through them, <laughs> my firing kids hoops. Would be able to protect themselves in any situation with Wilson Fisk as their father. And- <laughs> <laughs> they would be unstoppable. Wilson Fisk and Wonder Woman, they ain't going to get along. No, you, they you are not going to get along. You not, never know. Your best friend have, is going to hate your husband. They yeah. both have this kind of, um, you know, ruthlessness where they're okay with eliminating a problem. Well, the benefit is that they're not cleaning in- up rubble. The benefit is that they don't live in the same <laughs> universe. Than the, other. <laughs> no, the benefit is they don't Diana live in the same universe. She's just going to come and visit. I mean, she snaps necks and she tears heads off. So I She mean, carries a sword. A fucking sword. That she doesn't need. Yes. It's just, you know. No, she can okay. snap your head. Diana is a champion of good. <laughs> Wilson Fisk for is the kingpin of all evil activity yeah. ever. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. I don't think they're going to get along. Well, maybe. Have they tried Parcheesi? We'll just agree yeah, to disagree on. Parcheesi. A game, Parche- a game of Parcheesi and everything will be smoothed over. All right? <laughs> yeah, or Bridge. Nice bridge. game of Bridge. Not Monopoly. Wilson. Who, how many door gets, slams uh, does it take to crush uh, a head I on a side? money to watch that. Look, Wilson <laughs> Fisk gets very competitive when it comes to Monopoly. Pick Life. Pick, you know, Clue. Uh, you know what? Don't, don't pick know Clue. About life. No. He's very good at Clue. You'll never, st- you'll never indict him on. Why Clue. don't we stick with card games? You know what? Bridge sounds. Are you good. kidding me? War. <laughs> <laughs> it's simple. Flapjack. I can't. I can't. Could you imagine that? You, you can't, can't even play dear. fish with him. <laughs> <laughs> My dear, do you All have right, any Hudson, twos? <laughs> Can you imagine trivia games? Nothing. They can't. They can't. They cannot. 
No more than polite. Hi, how are you? Bye. The only the only game you'd be able to play is sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and, and it would maybe, be called sorry, not sorry. <laughs> sorry. And maybe Pictionary. Yeah. But you'll all win at charades. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh. Matt Murdock will not be there during charades. He's not very good. Oh man, not for guessing anyway. <laughs> no. Um old man, did you pick a best friend? Not yet, but it would be Joel from The Last of Us. What are you going to fucking What are you going to do with Joel? <laughs> You know what? That well, they're going to survive Shit. together. Hey, Joel. Listen, remember this listen. thing? It, you we you used shake. to watch we this. It's called shake. a TV. I can't believe that you both defended my Wilson Fisk choice, but you're giving him a hard time about Joel. <laughs> Survivor time. of the apocalypse? What a fucking douchebag. How dare you? Oh, you don't have TV? Where? Like, all right, I am kind of being a dick about that one. <laughs> How dare you go against someone who's lost their dog? <laughs> oh, that's uh, like, all right. Um, that may have been uh, a rash move, but what <laughs> partel would you walk your, you know, uh, apocalyptic friend through to where he wouldn't have repeated PTSD flashbacks of his daughter dying and almost being mauled by a fucking zombie creature? Camden. Who says, who says to the world that we live in it? Camden would not be, be the place perfect. that you want to bring Joel. Fine. You're like, oh, I'm home. <laughs> It'd be fine. I don't know. It would be a good fight, though. <laughs> Bring a camera. Are these zombie creatures? No, Joel. That's a crackhead. That's a crackhead. <laughs> it's very close, but very far off. Can you uh, imagine if you ran up to them and, like, cut off their head with an axe? and be like, no, 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 he was just a crackhead. He was fine. Was in fine. a world that he's familiar with. And that's when Joel got sent to the penitentiary. <laughs> 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 and that's when he met Morgan Freeman. I remember meeting Joel. It was a midsummer day. He came in and he said he Narrates survived an apocalypse. Oh, special. Water, yes. My best friend and me. <laughs> I, think, I think we just got a new idea. Is like have, him, have Morgan Freeman narrate The Last of Us as they're going through the HBO series. That would be awesome. Morgan Freeman narrating The Last of Us would be my best friend. There you go. And that's the ultimate. Big brother, who's your be- who's your best friend? The the doctor? There you go. Which Honestly? One? I win. Which one though? Which iteration? I mean, obviously you could All revisit him. I mean All of them. Really? All I'm gonna want to start in the beginning I mean, and then just Honestly, that would be the best way to go about it. Doing that all way, of them. you start in the beginning and then every because you know the doctor everything. pops in and out of your life. If you start off with wherever the first incarnation in a TARDIS is, and you're friends with that one, might be fun. Then, you know, every other day you're getting a different, sorry, but a different doctor them, coming to visit you. I'm not going to say his name because I always get, I'm always giving a hard time about the hard time that I give this particular doctor, but if he p- pulls out that fucking recorder in front of me, I'm sorry. He's getting punted right back into his TARDIS. Mr. Trouton. <laughs> Look, man, I would sit there and rock a recorder with him, man. Mm-mm. Look, Mm-mm. it's just Dude. like, look. If he starts playing hot cross buns, 
<laughs> he gets punched in the mouth. <laughs> and that's where your friendship ended with the doctor. We're, we're because you punched him in the mouth. You could have traveled space Listen, and time. Listen, I have a very, very strong feeling that the majority of the other doctors would be okay with that choice. Okay? <laughs> Look. You could have traveled space-time, but instead, this guy whips out a recorder and you punch him in the face. Yep. Any I gotta say, I would have a problem with, with the recorder would agree with me. Oh, fuck her. <laughs> I'd pull out my musical instrument and she just punched me in the face. Oh, she's not getting right, right in the my, TARDIS. My switch-up switch best friend would be Severus Snape. Who? He's such a mood. Severus Snape. Yeah. Oh. He'd be bitching about everybody. That would be fun. The tea would be scalding hot. Honestly, though, if I had a switch up, it would probably be Iron Man, Tony Stark. Because, I mean. Yeah, but he would belittle you too much. Dude. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of them are slammed. I up. mean, his first pick was Deadpool. I think he could handle Dude, first off, after Deadpool. Yeah, first off, I work in the customer service industry. Belittlement yeah. is my job. Okay. I can handle Tony Stark. And that's who you want as your friend. You yeah. like the belittlement. He's filthy okay. fucking rich. It would be Triforce that's Podcast. You got to marry somebody who's got a lot of money. Instead it would be, of just going for looks, think about long term. Think about retirement. Think I'm about sorry. I was vacation. thinking about criminal indictment over wearing a fucking <laughs> kingpin. I thought being a best friend to Tony Stark would be a little bit lucrative. Offshore bank accounts, okay? Maybe it may be Projangers and Wallhangers sponsored by Stark Industries. I think that'd be a big pull. I would do it just for the shawarmas. And then maybe, you know, if I'm good, he makes me my own Iron Man suit. Probably not. Probably not. Dude, if we're... In that universe, I'd marry happy. This is best friends, all right? If I'm best friends with Tony Stark and he doesn't make me an Iron Man suit, he's a piece of shit. Look made, what happened to Bucky. He made a suit for fucking Gwen Paltrow and Rhodey. Yeah. If I'm his best friend and I don't get a fucking suit too after you probably made your fucking kid a suit, like, give me a fucking suit, man. So he gave an Air Force colonel a suit? And his wife. Well, we said it. Maybe you should choose to marry Tony Stark then. To marry him, you want then that you'll bad. get one. If he's a BFF, I have a hundred percent faith that he would give me a suit just like he did Rhodey. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, he's always that's been faithful to Pepper Potts in the comics. And Rhodey, he even <laughs> made Rhodey new legs. Was he though? Because he switched up Rhodey between Iron Man One and Iron. Yes. Yeah, that was a completely different. That was he had to have like facial surgery or something. He had a, was, he had a rash. He had a really bad rash, and Tony paid for this re- facial reconstructive surgery because of the severe rash he had on his face. It was an adverse reaction to a stark experimental metal. But that that was that was my idea for an end segment. And if you have an idea on somebody who you would kill, marry, or be best friends with in a fictional character setting, please let us know over here at PJ no and DWH. Um, Drax. Drax is annoying mm, as hell. Why would yeah, he pick no. Drax? No, no, no. If right. I wanted to hang out with somebody dumb as a rock, I would hang out with my dog. But we watch a lot I of do. stand-up comedy. He wouldn't get any of it. No, 
done. No. But that would be the human. Nothing thing. gets over like, my It would head. get old really quick. Yeah, no. It would be like having an 80-year-old man tell you jokes. I Eventually, would everyone from Guardians old. of the Galaxy because for long-term relationships with any of them would not be fun. Star-Lord would really get annoying, especially That's with his love for so playing the, the same songs over and over again. Groot would get annoying. Rocket Raccoon is annoying. Drax is annoying. Rocket Raccoon, he's best mm-hmm. friend material. I will say, I do like his pessimism. <laughs> and like he has the comedic flair. Like a true customer service agent. <laughs> <laughs> but he also has a comedic flair because he says, I'm going to need that arm. And then he's hysterically laughing when he gets it. And Rocket can be compassionate at times. Exactly. Like the eye. You know, he's just misunderstood. Yeah, he shoved up his ass. Just a bunch, of, bunch of prejudiced people here. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm the understanding one for once. This no, is no. You know, a complete 180. Should end it. it is a 180. None of them. No, I would, I would, I would enjoy Michael Rooker's company. Okay. Wanda. Well, Michael Rucko. Michael Rucko. <laughs> But I have a waka waka waka. I'm not even gonna try it this time. I don't know what's wrong with my tongue. But Michael, yes. Yeah. The character, no. Ooh, best friend. Mary Raymond Poppins. Reddington. No. Raymond fucking Reddington wins the best friend pool right <gasps> oh, fucking now. I don't that know. Man. Shows up. That, that has that not worked out for any of stories. his friends. That no, has not worked no, out no. for a single one of his friends. Cat, you're looking no. too far into it. He has treated a lot of people very well that just mm. faded they just off feel. into obscurity. And they were best friends with him, and they were like, oh, no, they're not in the rest of the story of the show. That's because he already hooked them up. They're sitting, they don't have the anything the to do with them. Hey, Ray, what's going on, Red? Come on over here. They have a little cookout with them, and that's it. You're you're done. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm saying like, that's I a like, really great pick. He's very charming. He he's may shoot you, you in the head, but... That's not your problem. But he that. pays for your kid's college tuition. And That's he only shoots you in the head when you deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> if you cross him. Raymond Reddington wins. I'm just okay. calling it a death. Okay. And okay, I just, good luck. <laughs> I hope you all survive. You won't, but I hope you all do. <laughs> I've been trying to end this podcast for like 20 minutes. This is what we ultimately call the long drawn out goodbye. And we end off. Oh, it's only two hours long. With the thank yous. Uh, John Walsh, Margaret Greer, Laura Lovell, and Pamela Eldred, thank you for liking and commenting on all of our podcasts. And, of course, we thank you for popping over here to PJANDWH.com. It is also watching us live on the Facebooks and the Twitches. And we want you to hop on over here, catch us on all facial uh, social media, not facial media pages. That's something completely different. Not supposed to tell people about that. We haven't developed it yet. Facial media. That's on our OnlyFans. Facial media coming to OnlyFans soon. Big boys. It's going to be huge. It's going to be the next big thing. As I always promise, a long drawn out goodbye. I am Matthew Beagrell, the Matt Man. In the projector box to my right is one Christopher Bristow, the old man. We have Katarina Thermoscara, Wonder Cat. Bye. And we also have our omnipotent presence that is our producer, big brother, Stephen Bugrell. Of course, this means wrong intro. And we love you. We miss you. We want to see you next week. As always, game on, boys and girls. Bye-bye.
You almost, Son of a crazy outside You almost, you almost slipped up there. Almost. <laughs> I saw you bite It's a two-hour podcast. Give me a break. <laughs> Bye. We're doing it live. Play on the tangers. That was a good segue. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. We're going to We ended it. it. Oh, oh God. I don't want to say oh, goodbye. Oh, God. I don't want to say goodbye. No. Oh, it's okay. I'm saying goodbye. Uh, yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah. That was great. I don't think I have laughed this much in a minute, so thank Honestly, you. Honestly, I didn't think the podcast was going to go that long. I was just like, ah, uh, you know, maybe I, I was searching for news like a bunch today, and I was just like, oh, maybe this is going to be enough. I mean, we'll go with this. And I even added the Lara Croft Tomb Raider story at the end. I could have fucking ended it earlier than that. Damn, this was a good one, though. It was a good one. And you're not green anymore. It goes that, in and out. I'm, I'm glad that you did say that. But I did update my drivers, so I have no fucking clue what it is. It may be something with the lights. It may be something different. But if I'm not completely green, I'm happy with it. Well... For the streaming part, you look fine. It's just to us, so. Oh, I know. I mean, I still, I don't completely care about your view of me. <laughs> to sound like a dick, but I don't completely care about your view of me. But I do. Now I see why you want Deadpool as a best friend. <laughs> I, care, I care more about what the people are seeing production-wise because I am editor, producer, and director I of the am podcast. Editor. But. I also don't want you guys just looking at Slimer, you know? It's okay, because I'm, like... really, I'm not really looking at that anyway. I'm looking at the live stream on my phone. Yes. Yeah, now that she has the stories. Yes, because, oh my God, that was another thing. I briefly mentioned it during the podcast. I was going to put the stories and copy and paste over the the file over to the Google Drive to give it to the old man but I accidentally moved my hand too far down and clicked delete. And oh. I I didn't do all the fucking reporting all the way. Oh, my God. I My heart dropped. I was fucking dying at that moment. I'm sorry. I couldn't but it all came it. together. It did because thank God for, you know, history on Google. <laughs> I was right there and I got all of it back quick. But, yeah, man, this is uh, been an amazing podcast. We're um, gonna have some good ones. Oh yeah, I'm getting on the on the ham radio, and he says, "Look, all you have to say is like whatever their station number was, and CQCQ, and CQ was the word for like to seek a conversation on ham radio." Oh, okay. So CQ is seeking conversation. My initials always mean something fun. A little, a little, you know. Little uh, nice little weird thing there. So, <sighs> old man said he was going to be on, and he's probably just taking his time. That's why I tagged him and Kelly and and you. I tagged you, and then I was like, "Oh shit!" There she is, waiting in the chat. I was like, "Okay." I uh, my maiden name is Ribeiro. And my middle name is Santos, which is my mother's maiden name. I know it's the most ridiculous middle name of all time. But anyway, so that makes my initials CSR. 
CSR. CSR. So Car Sports Racing. <laughs> <laughs> when I started at Aquarion, I was one of the customer service reps. And so you were always supposed to initial whenever you did something so that they would know it was you because back then they didn't have the thing where it automatically added your initials at the end or username or whatever. Okay. So we were in a meeting. And one of these women who was always bitching about something, she was just like, well, I would like to know who, instead of putting their name, keeps putting CSR, this phantom customer service rep. Ah! I was like, um, <laughs> ma'am, uh, excuse me, ma'am, That's, uh, those are like my actual initials. <laughs> so she thought somebody was like, just Someone's putting just customer service reps so they didn't have to take ownership of whatever they were writing. But I was like, no, bitch, those are my actual initials. Oh, wow. That is. But thank you. <laughs> That's hilarious. That was a bing. <sighs> the bings go on and off. And I'll be on and commenting. Wife's making dinner. Nice. What's she making? I mean, might as well find out what she's making. We'll announce it on the podcast. Yeah, it's John Walsh. I Joe Walsh in the Silver Bullet Band? Not what my answer to the question was, but I was so excited about that answer, I felt like I had to immediately say it. I had... Tourette's of the um, answers. Oh, for the end credit segment. Yeah. Who? I get. I don't think I can do better than Jack Harkness for all three. I know. <laughs> I don't think I, I can. Know. I think that was. I, I think you, I've peaked. <laughs> I bet you can guess what Big Brother's answer was. It's pretty much the same one that he does every every time. I, I, I don't know. Tom Cruise as Wonder Woman. I said I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, no, his first answer is, I don't know. And then oh. his second answer is Tom Cruise's Tom Wonder Cruise's Woman. Wonder Woman. I, there I you press. go. I've answered it for you. I, I'll think of something. Kill, marry, and best friends with. I I think that just opens a whole broad possibility, especially since I'm I just think fictional I think it's character. always like such a broad question. And I know you're trying not to limit us, but like there's too many options. I can't. I like there's too much running through my head. I could do that answer with just the cast of Farscape, but you've given me everything. <laughs> like all of it. All of everything. Oh yeah. Absolutely. I'm sorry. It's just he said he was eating cream truffle steak penne. And I'm like, oh my God, that does sound great. He lying. That sounds amazing. His Ooh. wife is making it. John Walsh. Creamy Joe truffle Walsh. steak. And the penne. Band? In, in, still not the silver bullet band. It's just John, not John. I probably don't have the band right, but it's the only thing I could <laughs> remember and associate. It's fine. I, I that, don't. I when don't... I see that name, it's not even his name. I think Joe Walsh Joe and Walsh. the Silver Bullet Band. Yeah, yeah. no. It mm. might not even be. It might be the Joe Walsh Band. I think yeah. of John Walsh as in, um, what's that show? I don't know. Uh, Manhunt. Man John Walsh, he used to do like. Not not unsolved mysteries, but something like that. America's Most Wanted. Yes. He's the host oh, yeah. of America's Most Wanted. Yes. And now he does that show like Hunted or Manhunter or whatever. Mindhunter? Yeah. Yeah. No, missed... no, no, no. It's another one of those like America's Most Wanted things, but it's called something else. It's we have like missed an Easter egg this entire time. <laughs> so every time his name pops up, that's immediately what I think of. Tonight, the most dangerous people you may exactly. ever Exactly. America's Most Dangerous Criminals. 
This man skinned his wa- his wife alive and then fed it to his dog. Like, oh my god! We make jokes was... about that at work because of my one coworker. She she like... she fed a, a relative <laughs> to a dog. Wow, <laughs> She's, uh, that's amazing. She, she likes How to she go not meet random people, uh, you know, for plants. And I'm like, you know, one of these days they're going to be wearing your skin, right? <laughs> okay. First off, WandaVision. Wanda's vision? What did you think of the third episode that we got? Whoever said Brady Bunch last week was absolutely right, and I was absolutely wrong. It was Old Man and myself. I think I hopped on that bandwagon. Um, See, I didn't, I don't watch the previews. I actively do not want to see what's coming. Yeah. So oh, I didn't man. realize that they showed the house. In no, the I didn't watch the previews either. So <clears throat> I knew I you two wouldn't watch that, you know, extended clip trailer that I put no. in the chat. But this fourth episode is going to be knocking futs. <clears throat> okay. Diana, what the heck? Absolutely knocking futs. It's a ghost. Stay your ass up here. We go into this episode. Where Wanda's pregnant, and nope. we get Agnes the third in there. Episode. Or, yeah, the third episode. Um, uh-huh. I keep fucking that up. But the third episode, we get Wanda pregnant, and then Monica Rambo helping her. How f- did you get Wanda pregnant? When a man and a woman love <laughs> you. Was Chris much. guiding Didn't we do you, this giving last you week? <laughs> you said yeah. we. Was there a mouse in no, your pocket? But we, Were you watching we Chris? Ended up, we ended up seeing <laughs> this. Is my point, but oh, oh, okay. We ended up seeing this episode. Wanda's pregnant. We get to see Monica Rambo walking her through this whole pregnancy thing, which was completely crazy. It was right along this whole stylings of still sitcom comedy, but towards the end is when it really got real. We got Timmy and Billy, which I subsequently hopped on Comicsology. If you hop on the Unlimited right now, right at the top of Unlimited, they say Wanda Vision, get caught up. And there's a whole bunch of different kinds of um, comic storylines that involve the two. And one is Avengers Disassemble, and the other one, of course, is House of M. And all of that, really, you get a lot of deep tones that that they definitely pulled into this. But with the extended cut, now I think we're going to start to see everything tie together in this fourth episode to where we're going to start to see a different perspective now and get what the side of the different side of the story that we didn't get from because at the end of the third episode we see Monica Rambo getting ejected from the reality because she mentioned Petro um she mentioned Ultron and alt being killed by Ultron and she's like bitch what did you say I I I, I she said didn't like that. I said this other thing. And she no 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 no. What did you say? And then Vision comes in like, oh no, honey, she had to go. Well, I think that was played really beautifully. Um, <sighs> Especially like, with the conversation, the tone with the neighbors. changed so quickly, but you yeah. were like right there with it. It didn't feel like jarring or out of place or like yeah. it got heavy, but it got heavy for a purpose. But the best part, my favorite part. And it just part, naturally went there. I loved it. My favorite part is when she was ejected, and we saw it at the very last ending. You see the aspect ratio change from sitcom to Marvel. 
movie. Right. And then you see outside Westview. And that's where I think we're going with and this then, ep- next episode. Now, my question is, without seeing the extended clip, and this is just me, like, bullshitting, is this them holding her and they're creating this reality? Or is she creating this reality and so they've created this containment field to try to contain the damage that she can do? Even with seeing like, the you know extended what I mean? cut, I can tell you that it's still not clear who exactly is controlling charge, this reality yeah. bubble. But it is clear that it's very sitcommy, and it's a different, dare I say, multiverse. So you're saying it's someone with a Mayhaps. sense of humor. Yes. It's the Joker. <clears throat> That's a different universe entirely. Why so serious? <laughs> but I definitely liked it, and I think that this is just... It's so exciting because it's a different level. It's never about the money. (laughs) Because what DC is doing with uh, HBO Max is equally revolutionary. I'm loving that. But I think that Marvel has to take on that same-day theatrical release platform just to not do what Ghostbusters and James Bond and so many other movies are doing, which is once again delaying. Stop delaying. Put it out on the streaming as well as the the theatrical release. Wonder Woman did perfectly fine. Is in it, you know in proportion to what you can do in these times. It's still going to do good in the long run. You're still going to make a lot of money. It's about the principle, <clears throat> and that's what people really need to get over. Honestly, I mean, give me my goddamn content. I know well, you when have. We're talking this. about the people that have to get over it. It's not the people it's the money yeah it's the boss it's the purse strings (laughs) but i have to say i watched wonder woman in the theater as you guys know i went on christmas day and i saw it in the theater and then i came home and i watched it at home and uh, i have a projector so it was a big screen still yeah in the comfort of my own home and then the third time i watched it was up in my little on on this one which was much smaller (laughs) yeah but um, them releasing it at home and also doing a theatrical release, I still would rather go to the theatrical release. So I don't know what they're afraid of. Release yeah, these but things how now. Great People are was still going to go to the theater. People are still going to go. But how great was it that you could go from the theater and then go immediately home and no, watch I it again? No, I 100% agree. That's what I'm saying. The doing Instead of postponing it, do yeah. the dual release thing. Because you still have people going to the theater and watching it from home. And if anything, like I paid for it twice because I wanted to see it that badly. You'll make your money if the movie's good enough and the fans yeah. enjoy it as much. So and like, look, that's what I see. Strings. That's what I see. Look what Warner Brothers. To GameStop when you try to pull those purse strings off. And that's what tight. I see Warner Brothers doing with this is they're saying, no, our content yeah. is strong enough. At you are trading. You are going to watch our content. We're going to put this out. You're going to go to the theater. You're going to you're going to go watch it on the streaming. We're getting you either way. Yeah, but that's why I'm saying, like, loosen those strings a little bit. You're still going to make your money. And even still, now they're still pulling people back because a lot of people yo-yo. They'll turn off the uh, the account, 
they'll turn it back on when the, the stuff they want to watch comes on. They'll turn it off again. They'll turn it on. A lot of people are doing that kind of micromanagement there. So right, now, yo-yo contract. subscription. So now you're getting those yo-yos to stay and sleep the dog a little bit. Everybody, were you guys able to sleep, you know, do the sleeping dog? I can do that one a little bit. What was that documentary or that one fucking I could thing do with the, the yo-yo uh, master? It, it was a special trick. It's called the dead dog. It's where you throw the yo-yo and it just, <laughs> it goes away forever. Walk yeah. It break, Yeah, it breaks off the end and abandons you. The infinitesimal life cycle of the dog? Yes, yes. I think we just it's developed a, bit, a new It's joke. a bit wordy. Yeah. But uh, by the time you say the joke's name, it's the trick is actually over. Yeah. It's called dog life cycle. <laughs> <laughs> so. Or broken. You know. Old man, did your wife like the third episode? She's enjoying the entire series. So I have to say I'm quite surprised. And I definitely think she'll like Falcon Winter Soldier too, especially since that just seems like lethal weapon with superheroes. You know what I mean? Fighting Baron Von Zemo. I don't know if she'll get that deep into it. Well, that one's a, a full four, like hour, quote unquote, hour episode, and you get six of them. But I don't know. I like I like where Marvel's going, especially with Loki and all that. But WandaVision, we will see tomorrow and see how good that is. I have um, exciting news for me. I got my best friend to start watching Clone Wars. Nice. Nice. So excited. Awesome. She was like, I started watching Clone Wars. I'm like, I am so excited for you to get to the other side of that. She's like, there's seven seasons. I said, I know. I'm still very excited. I'm still with you. I'm still with you. I watched it with him, with Big Brother, with him. I, I watched it. And it was it was great rewatching. If you it like again. Star Wars, you're gonna absolutely just watch it because it. Lucas was involved. Dave Filoni was involved. If you liked Mandalorian, if you liked the original trilogy, even if you liked the prequel trilogy, you are going to be hooked by Clone Wars, Rebels, not so much Resistance. <laughs> I haven't even gone through Resistance, and I'm a huge Star Wars nut. A bunch of Star Wars nuts I got I know are like I yeah I, no I, I haven't gotten to you know. And there's still the rumors that Star Wars is going to be um a, like erasing that sequel trilogy still, like rebooting it, what you will. Seven, eight, nine. Yeah. I mean yeah, I kind main... of I kind of Want them to only because then they can take those actors and recast them as other roles and do them justice. Like, yes. although it kind of worked out for um, Gwendolyn Christie with her casting now, that's freaking. Yeah, a little bit. I that's freaking awesome. I mean, still, man, I I liked a bunch of moments in all of the movies. I'll I put didn't it hate that way. seven, eight, and nine. I'm one of those minority yes. that. I did I not hate them. Enjoy everything. Yes, I just I didn't enjoy everything, but I did not hate them, and I do yeah. appreciate them in the same in their right. But do I think they could have been done better? Yes, by a dyslexic autistic child with one eye, maybe. 
it's it's just a fan thing. I'm not saying that they weren't enough fans enough of the series. I'm just saying they weren't right for the for what Disney wanted them to do. Seeing how the prequels were received when they came out and how they are looked at now, that distance has been put between the initial release and and all the other things that come out. I'm interested to see how people view these three episodes in like let's say 10 years from now, 15 yeah. years from now. Yeah. Because it was a, a vitriol of hate when the prequels came out. And now, for the most part, people are like, eh. I love them. Oh, Even I when they came out, I love them. Uh, then again, I, I was. There's, there's definitely parts of the kid. prequel trilogy that are like, are like, really? Like, you're, you're, you're stretching it that far. Yeah. But then, but that's where the, like, certain parts of the prequel trilogy have their little nuance and, like, over intelligence to them. So. You have to kind of dissect it in that in that way to kind of appreciate them. Now, there's a guy. I, I'll, I'll call him just to save save face. I'll call him Stevie. Um, <laughs> that I know, and he loves to point out the fact that star like with Star Wars, Disney is just beating that dead horse. And a couple right. weeks ago, when I was talking about Cha-ching. the Star Wars news. He was like, oh, here they go, just beating that dead horse again. And I go, but you're still going to watch it. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to watch him beat that dead horse dry, but that's not the point. (laughs) (laughs) That's it entirely. I mean, I will watch what they do with Star Wars because you have already hooked me. But what I want them to do is what George Lucas continue to do when I was growing up because I was his target market with the prequel series and he hooked me is that you have to hook that younger market while still aspiring to the fans that know the lore. On that note, I do want everybody to go ahead and click that button right there and they're going to subscribe to the YouTube channel. They're above my head. They're going to find every single Triforce podcast right in a neat little playlist. And of course, above our cardboard Kelly's head, cutting into it actually, is the very best Purjangers and Wall Hangers video for you. Like, subscribe, comment below, and hit that notification bell. And as we always say, Wall Jangers, Wampunch! Wampunch! <laughs>